0: Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Sig Sauer Studios, on the Daniel Defense Platinum Microphone. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Mark. Walters. And here we go, Armed American Radio's Daily Defense coming to you live from the AAR Ranch in Georgia. The six-hour studios are lit up. Daniel Defense microphone is powered on. I know that because the green lights are flashing. Everything's good to go. X-Insurance presents it Oh, Greg in Dallas, Texas, how are you, my brother, from another mother? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. We're in a good mood today. Yep. Can't tell you why, but we're just in a really good mood today, and that's a good thing. So why don't you kick everything off by telling listeners where to watch this show in high definition and where to listen to it and where to participate in the chat, should they deem that uh, a
1: possibility? Uh, Sure. If you'd like to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. Uh, On the right-hand side of that website, you'll see the menu icon. Give that a click. And you'll have the watch live option, the listen live option, and the podcast link in case you need to get caught up on anything you may have missed. We've also got the shop link over there if you'd like to head on over to there and support the show. If you want to join our live chat, then head on over to your app store. Grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations.
0: Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that very much, Gregory, over in Dallas, Texas. All right. It's fun to have you on the, It's fun to have you on the mics with it. It's going to be even more fun in the near future. Ladies and gentlemen, we kicked this program off today with uh, Axios, okay. Uh, this popped up uh, a couple days ago, and I, I wanted to talk about this with John Lott yesterday, and the schedule didn't work. so we had to make some a, cha- a few changes. If you were listening to the live show yesterday, it all went down within 30 seconds right before we went on air. It was quite funny. But this piece by Axios is titled Mass Shootings Increased While Gun Violence Deaths Dropped in 2023. And the first line is what got me, and I I reached out to John immediately before I even read the rest. There was an average of 118 gun deaths per day due to gun violence last year, according to new data from the research group. Greg, care to?
1: Mentioned who the research group might be? Um, let's see. Could that be? Uh, GVA? Know, possibly the archives.
0: Gun Violence Archives. See, it doesn't take much to figure this out. Dr. John Lott joins me right now to discuss this nonsense. John, welcome to the program, my friend. And thank you for being here today to talk about this with our listening audience. Uh, this is is really frustrating to see this day in and day out. John, I have to be honest with you. When I read these I think I keep going back to what you said a few weeks back on the program when you said it's why you have a show, it's why I do what we do. John, if we don't talk about this, they're going to win, and I I refuse with every bone in my body to let that happen. As long as I have this platform, I'm going to continue to bring this information up. Let's talk about it. Gun violence deaths, deaths dropped in 2023, and then they go on to talk about the big picture, but is it really the big picture, John?
1: I mean, uh, one of the things that the Gun Violence Archive does is they almost exclusively rely on media reports in order to get their stories together. And so the question becomes, is there really been an increase or is it just that you, maybe because of places like the Gun Violence Archive, uh, more media is giving stories on it? And the other thing you have to understand, and that, we pointed out many times is that when they talk about mass shootings, it's kind of different. There are all these different definitions. So they say four more people injured. It's not even clear. Not all the times those actually involve people that are shot, injured, and or, I mean, uh, or killed. And uh, uh, the vast majority of those involve things like gang fights over drug turf. Um, and most of the rest involve things like robberies. And those are important. But the thing is, I think most people understand that the reason why the shootings in Chicago that we have on uh, every weekend don't get the type of national news coverage that uh, somebody going into a school or a mall or a movie theater or whatever trying to kill people where the whole point of the attack is simply to go and kill or harm as many people as possible. Those are very different types of cases from two rival gang- drug gangs fighting against each other over drug turf. And it's just, is it just that the media is covering more of those gang shootings than they have before um, because they can get those to count as mass shootings? Cause often even when the media covers these now, it rarely, in, in any of the national news stories, will mention whether they think that gangs were involved in these shootings. So just say, you know, somebody shot people, shot three people or four people. And by the way, the Gun Violence Archive website they limit it to attacks where four or more people were injured or shot or killed. Uh, they do include. Instance where, you know, just three people. So, you know, anyway, it's so when I talk about this stuff, when we put up our reports on mass public shootings, the FBI active shooting reports look at instances where guns fired in public, um, not part of some other type of crime like a robbery or a gang fight over drug turf. And it could be anything from one person being shot at and missed all the way up to a mass public shooting. Uh, Traditionally, the FBI definition of mass has been four or more people killed. And so uh, what I have looked at is mass public shootings. And, you know, if you look over the last 27 years or so, what you're going to see is instances where anything from three to eight of those cases that occur a year in the United States, not the, you know, 600 or whatever that you frequently see being mentioned uh, in the media because of the gun violence archive. And i not tried to say that going and having, uh, you know, gang fights over drug turf aren't important. It's just the, the thing that I often make, try to make clear is that the causes and solutions for those are very different, and how people react right. to that in terms of seriousness and how concerned they are are very different between those two different types of cases. John, it's evident to me and and you know I could be wrong, but
0: it, I, I believe people feel the same way I do, at least people that are paying attention to this, and people that are honest, not just agenda driven, wearing an orange shirt. And repeat that stupid stuff that they repeat because they're regurgitating what they've been told but people who are honest truly understand what it is they're attempting to do here and let me use this line and we're going to go through this ladies and gentlemen by their numbers but their statement john i think it's evident not just to me but to many other millions of americans what they're attempting and that is to paint a picture of every mass shooting of there being 600 in this case 56 Mass shootings, and they're trying to portray a mass shooting as a Newtown or a Parkland or a Virginia Tech, for example. And when they say, by the numbers, there were 656 mass shootings in 2023, John, we know that's not the case because they're defining it the way they choose to define it, but it paints a picture in the public's mind of a Newtown or a Parkland or a Virginia Tech, et cetera. And that has got that, we know that's their goal. But they're getting away with it by redefining and taking over the language, aren't they? This is very important stuff, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, no, sure, of course. Uh, They, you know, you have anybody from President Biden on down who will basically say that they'll go and reference Uvalde or they'll go and reference uh, the Lewiston uh, shooting at the bar and stuff. And then they'll go and say there's been 600 of these uh, during the year, and people will think there've been 600 of those types of cases. Whereas, as we just discussed, uh, there's a few of those, uh, but overwhelmingly, uh, the rest are things that like involve gang fights over drug turf or robberies. Right. Uh, and, and, which are very different than somebody going into a place and just trying to shoot innocent people.
0: Yeah, at some point, as I keep pointing out, John, this is going to backfire on them at some point. Maybe. This, I don't
1: know. I, maybe you're more optimistic than I am. I mean, look, well, am I glad getting, you have a show? And But, <laughs> you know, I get frustrated. I don't think, you know, the media all the time goes and uses uh, the gun violence archive. They're just used right. constantly by the media. Uh, you know, I don't know what audience share you have, but, uh, you know, and uh, I wish I did other shows besides yours on this point. Yours is the only show that I've done talking about this. But well, uh, that's re-
0: that's y- crazy that your that major media is not giving you a platform here to discuss these incredibly important topics and these issues. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking with Dr. John Watt from crimeresearch.org you can visit crimeresearch.org and support john who is putting the facts out there for you that the media will not cover and we're going to continue to go through this axios piece and break it apart for you and break it down for you all day or at least for the hour we'll be back Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Uh, freedom, passion, precision. Daniel Defense does represent freedom, passion, and precision. Mark Walters here at the ranch, AAR Ranch in Georgia to be specific. Six Hour Studios lit up for you today. Daniel Defense microphone powered up. I am Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom and all of it being brought to you today and every day by the great X insurance. Make sure to check them out. If you need insurance for any aspect of your life, X insurance will write a policy specifically for you and they will protect your guns with gap coverage, true umbrellas, your toys, your businesses, your lifestyle, xinsurance.com. Welcome back. We're continuing the conversation with Dr. John Lott from crimeresearch.org. And as I mentioned, you can visit crimeresearch.org and support John in his efforts. He is the one out there doing this every single day, supporting your right to bear arms by telling the truth, ladies and gentlemen, so that these gun violence archives, the Bloombergians, trust me on this, guys. These are funded by billionaires. They are getting a message out there, and too many people are falling for this stuff. Dr. Lott, welcome back in. Let's go through some of the the by-the-numbers here and just talk about some of this, because it's, it's clear to me what they're spinning, but I want listeners to hear it, and I want your response. By the numbers, there were 656 mass shootings in 2023. That's up from 647 mass shootings in 2022, but down from a record, 689 in 2021 data from the research group shows. Now, you know a little bit about research and a little bit about data. Is the gun violence archives actually providing data through empirical evidence, through studies and actual research as you would define it?
1: as well, I say, they go and they use uh, uh, media reports. And so the question becomes, uh, is the media just reporting this more uh, than they were previously? And that's my guess. And, uh, you know, you have, if these are not kind of FBI crime data, which we've talked about before, has mm-hmm. its own problems that occur. But, uh, you know, I... I You have this bizarre situation here where the gun violence archive reports on what the media is reporting on. And then the media goes and uses the gun violence archive in order to go and report even more on really what's just reporting on what they've already reported on. So (laughs) Let let me
0: stop you for a second. If I hear this correctly. John, if the media reported something entirely different, would the gun violence archives use that entirely different reporting to conclude completely different uh, conclusions or or devise completely different conclusions, changing
1: the data in their, quote, unquote, research? Right. Well, look, I mean, the issue comes down to whether what's newsworthy reflects reality. And there are lots of situations that you and I have talked about before where what makes something newsworthy doesn't necessarily reflect reality. I mean, one simple example that I've given before is uh, you you look at uh, how the media covers defensive gun uses and the types of defensive gun uses that get the most coverage are instances where the criminal's been, been killed. Um, more than half of the news stories uh, will have something, uh, will be those types of cases. About 42% or so of the news stories involve instances where the criminal's been wounded and only about 4% of the news stories involve instances where, uh, the simple brandishing stops the attack. And most of those involve instances where the criminal's been held at gunpoint until the police arrive. Now, you know, it's the old story. If it bleeds, it leads type of thing. And, 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 But, you know, I think uh, the best evidence we have indicates that about 95% of the time that people use guns defensively, simply brandishing a gun is sufficient to cause a criminal to go and break off an attack uh, versus the 4% that get in the news coverage. In fact, less than 1%, well less than 1% of the time that people use guns defensively is the attacker killed. um, And yet over half the news story. So, but It's not a deep problem in the sense that if you're editor of a news bureau and you have two stories that come across your desk, in one case, there's a dead body on the ground. In another case, let's say a woman's brandished a gun, the would be attackers run away. No shots are fired. Uh, You're not even clear what crime would have been committed uh, if the person hadn't been able to go and defend themselves. You know, uh, I think anybody, you or I or anybody else, would go and pick the first story of a dead body on the ground as being more newsworthy than the second one where we're not even sure what crime would have been committed. So, But just because it's newsworthy doesn't make it reflect reality because, you know, from a policy perspective, we care about both cases. We care about the case where there's a dead body on the ground, but we also care about the case where, you know, no crime was committed because somebody was able to go and protect themselves with a gun. And so, and, and what changes over time in terms of what's considered newsworthy or what is newsworthy can change over time. So maybe now they're covering more gang fights over drug turf than they were a few years ago. and uh, And that's what they're picking up. Or maybe they got more uh, a couple years ago on it. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, it, that's what I think is happening. I, you know, the notion of using news reports and somehow then having the news media go and report on what their news reports are showing just isn't serious to me.
0: No, I, I agree. And I'm taking notes as you're talking and you, the word newsworthy came out a number of times. So I, it, it kind of begs this question, right? What who not what's newsworthy, who determines whether it's newsworthy and why? And then you mentioned the latter part of your statement that the what determines what's newsworthy or what's newsworthy changes over time. To me, it's more newsworthy to show someone survived, that someone lived because they had a firearm to defend themselves against A clear, blatant, outright criminal attack that would have killed that person or others with them if they were unarmed. To me, that's far more newsworthy than maybe a criminal laying on the ground in a pizza parlor in Houston because there was video that showed the dramatic event unfold in that particular case. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's why it was newsworthy in that one case we're talking about Mm -hmm. that I'm referring to. But there are hundreds of thousands of others that don't make the news that in my book
1: are newsworthy. So, John, who determines that? Well, I mean, obviously, the news media determines that. Look, uh, we keep track of of local news stories where... Police have said that it would have been a mass public shooting if it hadn't been for the presence of somebody with, uh, uh, you know, legally carrying a gun. And we have dozens of those cases in just the last few years. Uh, You know, and the thing that we've talked about on your show many times is how infrequently those cases get national news coverage. And often even in the few cases where it does get national news coverage, the national media uh kind of boxes the story in some
0: way right it goes away john when we come back i want to go back to that that's such a critical point again ladies and gentlemen it goes back to what's newsworthy are you going to try to tell me ladies and gentlemen that a mass public shooting stopped by someone isn't newsworthy because it didn't happen wow we'll be back john lot two more segments don't go away following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Now, welcome back to the show indeed. AAR Ranch lit up for you. Six Sauer Studios on fire. X Insurance presenting it all. Daniel Defense, Mike lit up. Mark Walters behind the mic. And we are talking with Dr. John Lott from crimeresearch.org. Please visit crimeresearch.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this information that John puts out is absolutely critical. It is vital to the truth, because the media is pushing an agenda, and we're talking a little bit about that today, newsworthy things. It's not newsworthy that maybe 15, 20, 30 people are alive today because someone had a gun. And that, in my book, is criminal, in my estimation. John, I, I could you've heard me say this before many, many times, but to me, the way this is being reported or not reported, to me, it's, it's a dereliction. It's It's criminal. Uh, editors should be held accountable for this because it is people are getting wrong information. We all know it's done with a purpose. You and I, it's, we can't prove a conspiracy here. I don't want to go into any of that. But it is evident by the reporting or lack thereof what is happening. But now you say that there are dozens of these cases. And I go back to just one case in particular that i like to reference. There was a case down in uh, Lee County, Florida, where a uh, a deputy on the side of the road at 5 o'clock in the afternoon during rush hour traffic at an exit right off of Interstate 75. Pulled a vehicle over, was attacked, was being beaten within an inch of his life. Criminal was going for his gun. We had all people stand around filming it. Finally, an individual Florida CCW holder drew his own firearm, walked over to the deputy. The deputy yelled for him, shoot him, shoot him. He's trying to kill me. While he was beating the deputy, the armed citizen shot and killed the individual, walked away. And what was interesting about that case a lot of different things, but the race factor of this was incredible because it never got massive media attention that it should have gotten. The deputy was white, the perpetrator was black, the CCW holder was black. This was a human interest story beyond human interest stories. A deputy is alive. The individual who pulled the trigger on the criminal and killed him and saved that deputy's life was given civic awards by the deputies and the city. And this does not make news, John. And you have a deputy living and breathing and serving the public today as a result. This this is criminal behavior as far as I'm concerned. That's just my anger coming out. But you report these things. You have this information. How can it possibly be that 30 people or 12 people or 20 people alive today because an armed individual stopped what could have been their imminent deaths is not newsworthy?
1: Right. well, we also collect those types of cases uh in our in our media reports uh where police officers' lives have been saved, and you're right, they don't get national news coverage um uh, before I was just talking about mass public shootings that were stopped, and you know there are lots of cases I could give you you know just going back over the years, you have things like the pulse nightclub uh shooting near Orlando, Florida um uh and uh, uh obviously at the time it was the worst mass public shooting in US history it was 48 people were killed and it was getting massive news coverage for weeks afterwards uh the week exactly 7 days afterwards there was a similar attack that was attempted at uh at uh, a nightclub in uh South Carolina um, the person had shot three people was shooting at a fourth when a permit concealed handgun holder pulled out his gun and, and seriously wounded the attacker, ending the attack. The difference between Florida and South Carolina is Florida is one of 10 States that banned people carrying permit concealed handguns in establishments that get most of their revenue from selling alcohol. South Carolina was one of the 40 States that allowed it. Um, and uh, uh, you would think the media would be somewhat sensitive to the fact that uh, you had just had uh, this big mass public shooting in Florida that got massive att- worldwide international attention. Uh, and a- another attack where the guy still had something like 125 rounds of ammunition on him when he was right. stopped uh, in South Carolina would get some national news coverage. Um, You know, you have the Parkland school shooting. Uh, Not too long after that, not very far away in Florida, there was an attack at an elementary school. Uh, They were having a big uh, school event at the park next to the school there. A man came up, started firing his gun. Uh, Fortunately, because it was in the park and not in the school, um uh there was a, a vendor there who had his permanent concealed handgun and was able to quickly seriously wound the attacker and stop the attack um you know you will search in vain for any coverage outside the local media market that was there and yet one can only imagine that if uh if the permit holder wasn't there and hadn't been able to go and quickly stop the attack Uh, that uh, it would get international news coverage. Um, It would have been right up there with Parkland. Uh, You have cases where the media does cover these things, and it completely boxes the story. You have things like the uh, white settlement church shooting near Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, The initial news reports, uh, and I have to say the FBI to this day, uh, classifies it as, uh, as a security guard stopping the attack. Uh, the minister there had, had said, look, if you have a concealed carry permit, we'll just make you an honorary security guard. Uh, there was no additional training. Nobody was getting paid or anything. Um, and uh, the news reports and the FBI classified it as a security guard stopping the attack when it was just a regular permit holder. Uh, in fact, that day, Uh, I talked to the individual who fired the shots that uh, killed the attacker there. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, uh, they don't even know how many permit holders there were that day. the guy definitely picked the wrong church. There was something about uh, either uh, 18 or 20 permit holders that were there that day. And, uh, you know, you have something like... uh, uh, the the Louisville um, Kroger uh, grocery store attack, uh, you know, just a few days after the uh, Pittsburgh synagogue shooting, uh, there was an attack at a, a grocery store in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where the person went in to the grocery store, started shooting people. He was a racist. He was shooting blacks. And uh, what got the national news attention was the quote that the murderer there when he came across a white customer told the white customer, uh, you know, whites don't shoot whites. And and it was played up in the national media as this white murderer who was this racist was telling this white customer that he had nothing to worry about. Uh, um, and actually, the quote that they used was oh, anyway, uh, with a full quote was actually please don't shoot me. Whites don't shoot whites. So rather than the the racist there, murderer, assuring the customer that the customer had nothing to worry about because they were both whites, the customer had a, a permanent concealed handgun and was pointing his gun at the murderer. And and rather than the murderer assuring the customer, uh, the murderer was begging the customer not to shoot the murderer that was there. And, uh, in fact, the customer did shoot the murderer. Um, He he seriously wounded him. The murderer got into his car, drove away, got about a mile or so down the road before he passed out, and that's where the police were able to apprehend him. Um, So, you know, but the media wanted to go and play this as a simple white racism-type story, when, in fact, it was much more complicated. Here you had a situation where... You did have a racist uh, killing people, but you also had a white customer who uh, came to the aid of the blacks that were there and stopped the attack. So, you know, it's the media does really does a real disservice in many different ways. My guess is that the media coverage, uh, that the whole debate that we have right now about gun control would be dramatically different if even oh, once yeah. in a while the media covered these things differently. Rather
0: than divisive if they covered it the way it should have been covered. And it's, it's not really, I, I would go further than saying it's a disservice. It's incredibly damaging. When we come back, John, I, I'll give you my theory as to why I think this will backfire the, on them, these numbers that they use right after this break. One more segment to go with John. We'll be right back. This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Now, back to the show indeed. One more segment with Dr. John Lott, CrimeResearch.org here in the 6 Hour Studios. Daniel Defense, Mike, X Insurance presenting it all. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please go out of your way to support our partners. They make this show possible every single day. We could not, we would not be here without them. Little things go a long way. Pick up a pair of the slippers from my pillow. Thank them for supporting your right to bear arms for a decade now. Need some firewood? Cutting-edge firewood has you covered. Support the Second Amendment by building a fire or using their smoking wood. Bet you didn't think you could do that. Drinking Something as simple as drinking a cup of coffee can support the gun owners of America or the Second Amendment Foundation or whatever other organizations they've added that I'm unaware of. Simply for drinking a cup of coffee, they send a portion of the profits where you direct it. To support your right to keep and bear arms, these things are critical, critical to our right to our survival, the right to de- the right to bear arms, survival of the right to bear arms. Think about it in those terms. All of our partners, you can visit them all at armedamericanradio.com, heavensharvest.com. Pick up some of the emergency food. Support the Second Amendment. It's a win-win all the way around with all of our partners. Let's go back to Doctor John Lott. John, so let me let me throw out here uh, just a couple things that go through my mind when i when i read these nonsense reports and i and i because i know what they're doing i know what the media is doing the the push here politically as biden makes clear every single time something happens whether it has anything to do with a semi-automatic modern sporting rifle or not is we have to ban assault weapons now you and i both know that assault weapons using their phrase ladies and gentlemen Any rifle of any kind, John, is used fewer times than people are beaten to death with feet and hands. You want to throw knives in? It's statistically even more so. We all know what they want to do. When the Gun Violence Archives uses these numbers of 656 mass shootings, they are lumping in, as you said, gang violence in, and I'll just go farther and say in Democrat-run cities across this country, rampant crime. I believe that's going to backfire on them eventually because eventually that is going to come out at some point. Those two graphs are going to cross. Now, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what story it is that's going to break it or that's going to make it come to light, other than listening to a program like this or listening to you or reading what you put out in press releases and op-eds, et cetera. But at some point in time, Americans are going to be on to this if they're not already, and it doesn't appear they are because the information they're getting from the mainstream press but I think that this will eventually backfire because the vast majority of those shootings are criminals using handguns, John.
1: Right. No, I mean, uh, only about 2% of murders involve uh, a rifle of any type, let alone uh, something that they would classify as an assault weapon. Um, If you look at uh, from the beginning of 1998 through the end of last year, Uh, with regard to mass public shootings you're talking about something around 17% of uh, the mass public shootings involve only a rifle of some type Uh, the majority of mass public shootings involve only handguns Um, and uh, you know it's I think they think it's relatively easier to go and demonize something that looks like uh, a military weapon even if it's not a, a military weapon but you know we see this in other places. So like, uh, USA today will frequently have a graphic on its front page once a year about the top 10 guns used in crime. And, um, and the notion is, well, we just need to get rid of the guns that are most likely used in crime. And once they go and they ban the so-called assault weapons, uh, then they'll go and they'll pick something else that they want to go and ban. Um, uh, You know, uh, last year there was an article in Time magazine when Gabby Giffords was being interviewed, and uh, at the end of the interview, the reporter from Time asked her what her ultimate goal was, and she said her ultimate goal was to ban all guns, and the reporter kind of followed up and just wanted to make sure that he had heard her correctly, and she said, yeah, she wanted to go and ban all guns. And then uh, she pointed to Australia where they said, look, uh, they banned all guns there. And uh, and one of her aides piped up and uh, kind of emphasized that that was the case. And, of course, you and I have talked about Australia. They didn't ban all guns. Um, they had a big buyback, where, so-called buyback, because the government didn't own the guns to begin with. But the right. government bought about a quarter of the guns that were there. Uh, and destroyed them. Uh, People were allowed to go out, though, and buy guns again. And by 2010, the gun ownership rate was back above what it was prior to the 1996 and 97 uh, gun confiscations that they had. Um, But, you know, uh, the reporter from Time obviously didn't fix that, probably didn't know themselves what was going on. There's one point I I think we should make um, with regard to the media coverage on these things, and that is there's a new survey that uh, Syracuse University put out um, looking at uh, the political affiliation of reporters across the country. And uh, only 3.5 percent of reporters now uh, classify themselves as Republicans. And (laughs) – You know, that's that's quite a change from oh. uh, what it was in the early 1970s. Uh, yeah. In the early 1970s, apparently you had about 28% or so of reporters classified themselves as Republicans. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously it was still imbalanced at that time. You know, the thing is, uh, it, the Harvard Crimson uh, did a survey of uh, academics at Harvard, And uh, you had something like about 85% or so uh, classified themselves as either liberals or very liberal. Uh, And then for conservatives, you had like 1.4%. They classified themselves as conservative. Didn't have anybody, apparently, uh, who classified themselves as very conservative. But, you know, even the moderates that you have there, uh, they may view themselves as moderates relative to the really crazy left-wing people that are there, but probably by most Americans, they'd still be viewed as liberal Democrats. It's just that there's so many very strong leftists around there. You know, they feel moderate relative to them. And, uh, uh, you know, it's whether it's academia or whether it's journalism, uh, we have a real problem uh, in the country Absolutely. in terms of uh, just... Who produces these studies and who reports on them? Uh, you know, uh, it, there's lots of possibilities that some of the media reporting is simply just the type of stuff we were talking about before about what's considered newsworthy or not. But as you and I have talked about many other times on your show, uh, you know, there are real puzzles there about. Things that, uh, you know, you can't simply explain by just questions and newsworthiness, And we've gone through some of those today.
0: We have. And the timing is perfect. John, I've, I've got so many more questions for you. I really wish I had more time with you. But uh, we'll about bringing you on on the Sunday show, because my next point I really want to get across with you. I'd love to hear your answer to it. And that would be in a worst case scenario. Uh, Democrats maintain the House or, or Democrats take the House increase in the Senate and save the White House. Don't have time for that now. We'll go into that at a later date, and I look forward to seeing you. I guess in Vegas. Well, if they do, they'll
1: get rid of the filibuster very quickly, and then you'll be (laughs) then they'll be able to pass whatever they want to pass. So
0: that's it. It would be it would be uh, it would be a trifecta. John Lott, thank you very much for being here. We're running out of time, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back at six minutes after the hour, Kevin Starrett from Oregon Firearms Federation is going to be here for the hour. Don't go away. We'll be back at six minutes on the flip side.